So there's a lot of people that will come to me and say, Josh, social media looks so like you can make so much money from it. I just want like, that would be awesome. I would love to just post videos and become famous and make money. I was like, well, you're not going to then. You're listening to Hawk Talk, a podcast all about the origin stories of the most interesting people in the world. Today, you know our guests as famous athletes, authors, and entrepreneurs, but there's so much more to the story. Let's get into today's interview with your host, Eric Huber. All right, you're listening to Hawk Talk. I'm here today with Josh Richards. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. How are you? Good, good. All right, so to kick it off, I always have to ask, like, did you just like, you you were born and then just immediately started creating content and dancing on video and making investments? Like, where did it all start? Where are you from? Yeah, so I'm from Canada outside of Toronto, a really, really small town called Coburg. And I started my whole social media when I was 14. I had my sister put me in a video. She had asked to do some musically dance trend. It was just something that was like going around our school and everyone was filming videos to it. So she asked me to be in it. It did really well on her account, blew up. And myself just being competitive, wanting to kind of see what was going on. And then also, I mean, 14 year old Josh seeing like 10 girls comment about how good looking he is was kind of like, oh, okay. I can, I can, I can see myself doing this maybe, right? Like, <laughs> so I created an account instantly go about it just in a very growth hacking type of way. I was always really into like numbers. My dad's a math teacher and just social media also always intrigued me. So I instantly had my sister put on a 15% commission based salary. I had her logged into my Musical.ly account and I would actually utilize the live stream feature a lot. That's how I kind of got my start, how I really got an engaged fan base because I knew you would have to be a lot more of an active or engaged fan if you're going to sit there and watch me go live for hours straight, right? She's older or younger? My sister's a year younger than me. Okay, cool. Got it. Yeah. So I knew like, hey, I'm going live. They're going to have to be the most engaged people. They're sitting there watching me for four hours. So what I would do is I would go live every single day for four hours long. It allowed me to gain a fan base in an app that was kind of on the decline, musically was going on its way out. And then a cool feature it had with the live streams was it actually, every single 24 hours, there would be a leaderboard that would update and show you who the top spending gift contributor was on the app. So the person that's donating the most money to their favorite streamer is getting on this leaderboard. And I would have my sister logged into my account going through that up top 250 people and follow, unfollow them, like like 10 of their videos, and then just go through the whole list while I'm live. Those people that send all that money and have that money lying around, those customers that spent the most, yep. they would see my notification following them, liking their video, whatever it is, see as well that I'm live. And they're like, oh, this is some new person in my feed. I want to check out what they're doing. Oh, they're live as well? perfect time to check them out. Let me go on their live. I see they joined my live. I knew it would be in red, their username, because I'm already following them. So I knew to give extra attention to them. And I really just was kind of hacking my way into making money on this live streaming app and eventually grew to the point where it started exponentially growing itself. And I was just very scheduled out. I was doing three videos a day as soon as I woke up. Are you still 14? Like this all pick up right away? The first summer, I believe I went or I should say the first year, I went from zero to 100K. So that start of the summer all the way to the start or end of next year's summer, right? I was at probably 100,000 followers. Just real quick, because I want to take it back first and then get into the progression. Take me back to like when it started. So your dad's a math teacher. It was your, what would your mom do or did she stay at home? Like- My mom's a speech pathologist. Cool. 
And so growing up, like, were you into dancing or acting or like, was there a performance side to you as a young kid? Funny, I did do dancing. Like for one year, I did break dancing lessons uh, when I was probably eight, seven years old, <laughs> just because I like thought it was cool to break dance. Yeah, I, mean, I thought it, I used to, that's cool know, I thought I used to know how to break dance as yeah. like a seven year old. I don't know why, but I did. <laughs> But it wasn't like I was this kid that was acting left and right and then in plays. And I mean, I was an athlete. Like I was in hockey and lacrosse and soccer and basketball and doing cross country and track and field and swimming. So I was just used to being around a lot of people, right? I was always used to being either in a dressing room and making people laugh or being in my classroom and being class clown or going anywhere I went. I just love to make people laugh and I love to be that center of attention kind of. So I think that's what really drove me to start creating content or having that love for for creating content. And were your parents like, when you first started doing this, were they super encouraging? Were they like, yeah, have fun, the internet? Like, Or were they a little weirded out by the fact that you were getting all these followers and going live? Like, how were they? Yeah, so my parents, like, I couldn't ask for a better set of parents in the industry I'm in for like the amount of support they've always given me, everything, like, really just they're my role models. And I think that because I had been such a hustler as a kid and always just trying to find ways to make money, if that was the hockey shirt brand I had where I was putting on slangs and chirps and logos, or if that was me creating my lacrosse mesh company where I was dyeing mesh and wax coating it, like they were used to me doing these crazy ventures. So when social media came, it was definitely still a discussion. They sat me down. They're like, Josh, why is my PayPal getting $600 sent to it a week? Like, are you a drug dealer? What's going on? <laughs> and then also just th them always wanting to figure out and kind of, they just like to know what I'm doing. Like they just wanted to be able to support me and, and really be able to kind of learn about the space that I'm, I'm growing in. Awesome. Got it. So did take it back to that. So in the first year you got to hundred thousand followers on, it was still musically after year one, right? Yeah, yeah. It was still musically after year one. And it changed over, I believe, in like 2019, like the start of 2019 or 2018. Took a while. Yeah. Uh, got it. And so what year, I guess, going back, what? how old were you when you were 14? What year is that? That would have been the summer of 2016. Okay, cool. Got it. And so you get to 100,000. When did you start this process of like three pieces of content a day, like being super disciplined about it? Essentially right from the beginning. Okay. I mean, I, when I was doing it, I was doing it to hit 10,000 followers in two months and I wasn't going to not hit my goal. So I knew I had to post a minimum of three videos a week. I found that worked the best. I found that would get me the most followers per day. And I knew that my sister and I had to go and reach out to a minimum of, I think it was a minimum of receiving 250 followers a day. So we were doing that liking and on following, following until we knew 250 people followed me back every single day. And it was like this very task list, go about it type of way. And where'd you get that discipline from? I mean, 14 years old, usually you don't have that like constant discipline. Was it from being an athlete? Like where was that? Like just putting in the time every day and grinding. I think the biggest thing is definitely from sports and, and also having my dad as a coach. I think that helped a lot too, just learning to be disciplined and when I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it 100%. I mean, I was out in my garage every day shooting 500 pucks a day, every single day, working on my backhand, working on my forehand. And it was like, it was always something that was a part of my life where it's, I don't need to be naturally skilled at it or someone that just like is lucky. I'm going to be the best at it because I worked the hardest. And I knew I wasn't the kid that had that luck. Like I wasn't the biggest kid when I was younger. I was really small, right? Still am. And like a really light kid. So like, I didn't even have the strength 
to lift the puck off the ice for a long time when I was playing hockey. And so what I decided to do was, all right, all these kids are starting to get into flick shots and they can finally flick this puck up. What I'm going to do is I'm going to work on my backhand. And I'm just going to only focus on that for every every day, 500 shots back and back. And what ended up happening is I got stronger from doing those backhand shots and learned how to raise it from my forehand. But at the same time, I was the only kid in the league now that was at this young age able to have these dangles with my hands and put it on my backhand and put it in the net. So it was like, I didn't need the natural skill. I was always just going to be the hard worker. Yeah, which by the way, we, we talk about it all the time internally, like natural skill gets you to about 25 years old in the, in, as an athlete. After that, it's the people that practice the most, that work the hardest, that get there, that succeed. Yeah. Like Kobe Bryant, et cetera. He had natural skill too, but he was also in the gym every day at 5 a.m. So even when he was the best. So, okay, so you you, you got to that 100,000 mark. What happened? Give, give me the story from there. What, what ended up happening? Like, when did this start becoming like a profession? You said you were making 600 bucks here and there, but when did you really start monetizing this? Yeah, so... The real monetization started coming in, I would say, another year following, right? So it was probably, you do a year of growth, I get to that 100K. That's when I start making that like, oh, I'm making $100 when I go live for, for 30 minutes, right? Or I'm making next live, it's like, oh, wow, I went live for four hours. I just came out with 700 bucks. Like, what the heck? I slowly started seeing this. It was inconsistent at the start, but spike in my lives. It was, I would have these massive lives out of nowhere. And then more often than not, I, every live became big live. And I would be having sleepovers at my friends, like going live, hanging out all together. And then tell like playing games, like we're maybe telling them what to comment. Whoever comments this emoji first, we're following them. Or maybe it's a challenge between me and my boys. If it's a smoothie challenge, we're blending up three random ingredients. You have to drink it and tell us what's in those three random, like in that smoothie, right? So it was always just doing creative things to keep people engaged. But I remember my friends like sitting there freaking out because I went live and in I think 15 minutes, I was live for seven minutes, 15 minutes, like such a little amount of time. And I made $1,500. Like I had $1,500 sent to me and I was 16, 17 years old. And like my two friends beside me that are working like their jobs that they work. And they're usually razzing on me saying like, oh, you don't have a real job. You do social media. And then like they're working every day to make like 10 bucks an hour. And I'm sitting there for seven minutes and just made $1,500. And they're just like jaw to the floor. What just happened? And so, okay. And at that point, you're what, 16, 17 years old? Yeah, 16, 17. Cool. And you're still in Canada, right? Still in Canada. I moved from Canada when I was 17, but it was right near the end of it. It was like my last month of being 17 years old. Got it. And so did you, you saw you went through high school and then decided to come to the US or what was that? I didn't even finish my high school before I came to the US. I was in my senior year when I came. Got it. And did you end up finishing like remotely nope. or you dropped? No, I, I, I just dropped out of high school. Cool. And where'd you move originally? Like, what took you to the US? Like, tell me about that part of the story. Like, what made you actually, I'd like to be curious, what made you the decision to drop out and all of it? Yeah, I mean, I think that in today's generation, when we talk about a high school dropout or a college dropout in a lot of ways, be a positive than a negative. I think when, you know, you look at things like the, the Peter Thiel Fellowship, where they're, they're actually paying you money to not go to school, like they don't want that for some kids because they know that's not the route for everyone, right? And they know that you can be doing bigger or better things or actually have that hands-on experience. And that's who I was as a person. Like I, I would go through school and be standing up at my desk, walking around, like fidgeting with things, ripping papers up just because of like ADHD, but also just like, I'm someone that has to be like hands-on. I got to be moving. I got to be doing something. So when I had the opportunity to either continue 
five more years of school where I'm going to get essentially told the same stuff I've been told already and writing down notes and, and sitting down in class and have five more years of not actually going out and doing but listening still. Or I have the opportunity at a young age before I'm even done high school to go and do what I would want to do when I'm finished college. Like it just didn't, it didn't make sense not to drop out, right? Like I was given this opportunity that only a fool would pass up on. So I took the shot, I took the opportunity and it seemed to work out so far. And I'm just, you know, everybody working at it. I agree with you. I think that, you know, high school, college, whatever it is, there was a lot of people that are ready before you're done. Like for me, college, even college was a time for me to grow up. I needed it. Like I personally, college benefited me from a personal level, not academically, fucking nothing, but (laughs) I needed some time to grow up. I needed to get, I graduated at 21 and that's when I was ready to go into the real world. Right. Some people are ready at 16. My dad moved out at 15. Like there's people that are, he barely got his deal. His parents let him go live on his own at 15 if he agreed to finish high school, but he got like straight D's and never went like, dude, guy's a very successful guy. So like, yeah, it's, there isn't a limitation there other than, I mean, it might be worth getting your diploma at some point just for the. Oh yeah, for sure. That's always something I've wanted to do or go back and get later just so I, that I have like my high school diploma, but it's, it's not something that's, I look at as like, life-defining or I need it to do what I want to do or to be happy or to, yeah. You're, and you're already there. Like you've already had enough success at this point that even if you just started, you know, resting on this, which you're not going to do, you'd be all right. You're going to be, no one's going to ask you what, where you went to high school or college at this point. You're past. All right. So where did you move to LA right away? Where'd you end up from Canada? Like how did that transition happen? Yeah, the move was a really to start Talent X. Like I had to be in in LA. I had to be here to co-found Talent X with all the other co-founders and start that management company. But it was also sweat. And did you know those guys through TikTok or like how did you actually know the guys you co-founded with? How'd you meet Michael and all those guys? Yes. So, so finish doing social media like on my own right like i'm at this point now where i have a manager it's the go back to probably the summer or yeah summer of like 2018 or maybe even before that i signed with a manager i'm really young at this point i think i was 16 or 15 when i signed with the manager so yeah it was a while ago and i didn't really know what i was doing i had grown a big following what happened to your sister at that point in her 15 (laughs) percent and my sister decided that she didn't really want to be a part of it i mean yeah she i wanted my siblings, like my brother and my sister actually to do social media with me. Like I had created a whole family channel. I had like, I was very pro them doing social media, but it just wasn't for them. The thing is, is every kid is always dreaming or they always say like, if I could be, I would love to be a social media creator, right? Like that's their dream. That's every kid's dream right now. And something that was so cool to me to see was that like two Gen Z kids, the people that would always say they want to be a social media influencer who got to live with one who actually got to like see what behind the scenes is see what it does to your mental health, see how people treat you differently, see what you have to miss out on see like what it takes to actually be successful, they would want to do anything else. Like they would not want to do it's it's crazy because everyone else is like, Yeah, that's the easiest job ever. Of course, I'd want to do it. But my sister, who's like literally there watching me do it and was helped me was like, this is the last thing I would ever want to do with my life. Like I, I don't want to do this. And it's just, it's just, yeah, it's funny. People miss out on the perception of the job versus reality. Like people think all it is, is getting invited to great dinners and being in the news and 
yeah. videos and everybody loves you. And it's like, no, there's a lot of work that goes into the behind the scenes and a lot of management. Oh yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And so you're going through, you got management. Sorry. And I interrupted you. And no, it's all good. Yeah. Sorry. I, I do that sometimes, but yeah, got management and it just would, it, it had gone really bad. Like the management, like I have said so many times, it just was not there in the space. There was no managers protecting the creator at this point. And I started to hear a lot of things from other companies coming directly to me saying how like my manager was losing me deals. And then like, even my, like some of my friends that I started making in social media, like their managers were coming to me and like talking to me. It was just like this really weird situation. So I was getting like pretty big at this point. I I'd gotten invited on a couple tours, the lights out tour and boys of summer. And I'd wanted to do them. And my manager was saying, I'm not allowed. Like, I no, you can't do them. This is, this is bad for image. This is terrible. You can't do this. And I was like, you know what? I think I'm good to manage myself now. So that's when I kind of made the decision, like, see you later and realized like I'd been pretty manipulated through that contract to like feeling like I needed a manager. So that's like some advice for social media creators. Like don't think you need it right at the start or like don't think that first guy coming to you, that first contract is ever going to be the best. Like just take your time, figure your stuff out. But yeah, then decided to go on the tour, met all the boys, like met Griffin. I'd known Bryce a little bit at this point, but I met Griffin, met Anthony, met Jaden, and we just killed it on tour. We did awesome. It was super successful. And then came payments and we all got completely ripped off. Like the tour made over a million dollars profit, I think. And I believe I got paid $750 cash. Like that's it. Or PayPal 750 bucks. So I could have gone live on TikTok for 15 minutes and literally done the same thing. But I was just like, I mean, I was shocked, right? Like I just did two months of touring. Yes, it gave me a massive blow up and it did definitely catapult my career, but it was just this huge shock to me that these companies could get away with this, like treating these creators like this and treating these young, I mean, kids about it. Like I was an 18, I was 17 at the time. So I meet Michael in LA after the tour. We're there, we're chilling at Bryce Hall's house. I brought all my friends from tour because like I said, I kind of knew of Bryce, not really was hanging out in LA with all the tour friends after and wanted a place to go chill. So I hit up Bryce and Michael. So then I ended up talking to Michael. I'm talking to him about the creator space. There's no UTA, there's no WME, there's no like CA, nothing. They're not managing TikTokers, right? They're not coming in and signing anyone yet. And TikTok isn't even close to mainstream at this point. There's no YouTubers on it. There's no, like this is at the point where it's like everyone is hating on this app people are calling all of us tiktokers like fake followers we're buying our likes this is like at this point and i talked to michael about it and he's like yeah let's let's talk about doing something like talent x and he he had always been known in the creator space because he was always connecting people and giving out his connections so it just was like this perfect fit awesome and so when was that that was like what two years ago that would have been near the end of the summer of 2019 okay yeah. Yeah. So not even, not even two years. And so you guys got this kicked off. You had the TikTok thing going, I assume, because I know Michael and he's on the podcast too. He started getting you guys tons of deals because that's what he does. Yeah. And, and then you, you guys had a pretty big thing through a trailer, right? Like, was that kind of the next big step there? I think the biggest step after Talent X would have been any energy. Okay. Yeah. You want that. But so you got, but with, Talent X, you all moved, did you all move into the house after that? Is that with the Sway house and all that? Did that come right after Talent X? Yep, essentially right away. So Sway house was all a part of the Talent X, I would say, like announcement. That was, that, that was a big part of it. So all the Talent X stuff came out 
I knew I had to be in LA to actually partly operate it, like start hiring some talent, going out networking, meeting TikTokers, getting them to come sign. And so we all went and moved in together January 5th, I believe, or January, uh, January 5th is when I went down. All the other boys got down there January 3rd. And we just started creating that content together. We started the Sway House. We were a little bit of a different brand than I would say we are now, or at least some of us are. And it definitely affected our brand deals. So that's why we were so focused right away on owning everything we touch and, and creating any energy, the energy drink company, and just really like stepping fully into the entrepreneurial world. I was going to say, so that, you know, I'm curious about that in terms of your individual thought process. So you've got brands that start paying you, you're making money that way. Where did that kind of come from that you wanted to start Annie, that you wanted to own your own brand? Was that because you were losing brand deals because they disagreed with what you were doing or what drove the idea of creating your own companies? Yeah, I mean, the biggest, there's kind of like two answers to this question. I think that what drives me the most to create companies in general is is that entrepreneurial spirit. And I just love that part of creation, like the, the idea part, the brainstorming, the, it, I just, that's something I, I think I'll always do. And it, it's why I love content too, is that creation piece to it. But for the actual idea behind Annie, that was because, we were, Bryce and I were shot getting Red Bulls in our YouTube videos. And we started seeing this trend being formed on TikTok where people were challenging us to shotgun energy drinks and probably not the greatest trend to start. I hope we didn't give anyone heart attacks or like heart palpitations or whatever, but it, it was a trend and it started and it got millions of views. And we are sitting there like almost beating ourselves up because we are giving all this free ad space to Red Bull and we're not getting a dollar. Like we're not getting paid anything. So Bryce and I at that point, were like, we are tired of giving more to these brands than they're giving to us. Let's just start creating our own. Yep. And that's where Annie really was formed. I, I went to Michael and Michael got the team together. He, he went and knew Evan Burns, who ran Long Drink and has done an amazing job with that. So we knew that it would just be this, this dream team. Got it. And when, when did you kick that off? I think it was officially like released, like you could buy it in August. I think that's when we we started. And like, I just want to highlight how fast this was. So like, you moved to LA basically two years ago. Start not not I even moved to LA a year yeah. and two three months ago. Oh, that's right, because you moved in January. Yeah, uh, yeah. So you yeah you start Talent X just two summers ago. Move a year and change ago, six months, eight, seven months in, start an energy drink company. And then it sounds like I, I'm curious, I, and again, I know Michael too. At what point did you guys go, we need to start investing? We need to start like really figuring out the business side of things. When did that really start to build? Yeah, I think that really started. I think the big thing was that there were a couple mistakes that were just really big. Like we had fallen into drama a couple of times. I had seen this repetitive story of, you know, the Sway boys are douchebags was kind of the image. And I kind of had this wall up where I was not like, I, I didn't care what media said about me. But at the same time, I knew who I was as a person and I was getting represented differently. So I knew I had to like make some change there and say, look, like I love to have fun and party. Yes. But I'm also a very intelligent young man. And like, I have this entrepreneurial side to me that you guys are all missing. And I think that when I just had hit a point where I realized I, I lost myself to that life of LA. And I think like that partying too much, I just really held myself accountable and was like, there, there's going to be a change. Like you are not this person, even that you're acting like now. So just 
snap out of it. And that's what I did. And that was probably about seven, eight months ago, I would say. And I just had a really deep talk with Michael. Michael had talked a lot with me over the last three months just about it, saying like, yo, let's go, let's go. Come on, this isn't you. Like, let's get into it. And I, I sat down with him and I had, I was like, dude, I'm, I'm ready. Like, let's do this. I'm full blown 110%. Let's focus on the entrepreneurial side. Like, this is who I am. This is what I want to be. And then we started. So the, the craziest thing about this is like, everyone thinks we've been going headstrong 110% for the last year and a half, two years, but we really have only been like rolling for the last seven months. So imagine if we had like a year and four months to have been doing this, like in another seven months, it's going to be crazy. I agree. Yeah. I think it's, you know, there's great advice I got it like third party. So funny enough, but like a girl that I knew grew up or not, sorry, she was best friends with Ryan Seacrest, best friends. It's a weird chain, but right. I used to hang out with all of them. And these two guys that like grew up best friends with Ryan Seacrest as a kid. And they used to tell me when I was for like 21, they used to tell me, yeah, when Ryan Seacrest got his radio show, he went all in because he's like, I don't know when this runs out, but I'm going to take advantage of it. And then he went from the radio show to American Idol, to producing yep. his own shows, to boom, boom. And he just never stopped. And he still never stops. He's known as one of the hardest working guys in Hollywood. He's like, I don't know when this runs out, but I'm not going to give up. And I, that always resonated with me. The same thing you're saying is like, you don't know when it goes away. You don't know how long the hype lasts. But if you keep working at it, like it's going to go away, it doesn't because you keep that kind of. Yeah, like you real, you got to realize you have the lightning in the bottle. So exactly. it's, it's just continuously pushing. Yep. No, that's exactly it. And so at this point, how many companies have you guys invested in? I think at this point, we are in a total of around 20 to 25, I would say personally. And this is using the money you're making from deals with your TikTok stuff and everything and then putting that money to work. Is that how this is going? This is money from my YouTube AdSense. This is money from the creator front, from TikTok, from brand deals, everything. Like honestly, any monetization. And then investing it into venture deals. Yeah, it's angel. It's real angel investing. That's awesome. And then you've got the silly bands deal you just did. Yeah, we just did an M&A with them. I mean, it, it's such a cool deal. The nostalgia behind it. I remember going to recess like every day with a pack of silly bands and trying to trade up and like, get the rare ones. So I just think it's such a passion project at the same time. Like it's, it's something that's just like, so, so cool to me, but also something I believe in so much and have such high conviction towards. No, that's awesome. And that, that's how it should be. You got to have fun. And I, again, talked to Michael about this. Like if you're not enjoying it, then don't do it. Like you've got works. Hard. Yeah. And if you're not enjoying it, it's a lot harder. And so two last questions for you. Number one, what's next? Obviously you have a lot of excitement in the near future, but like, where do you want to take this? What's your kind of your dream, your long-term vision of what you're doing? I think that what's next is, I don't know if you saw the release today, but the production company with Mark Wahlberg is like a dream come true. I can't stress that enough. That's crazy to me. Idol, like so happy about this. And I think like, I don't want to not focus on that. That's the thing. Like, I really do want to focus on that a lot for these next few months and just really get to understand the space completely just like immerse myself in it as as much as I can to the point where it's going to be uncomfortable for me because that's like all that I'm going to talk about and, and learn about. I just, like I said, I mean, like you just talked about with the Ryan Seacrest thing, like when I'm doing something, I'm doing it 110%. I had a couple interviews today and they were talking to me with Mark Prodco that we're doing and they were like, yeah, any other cool stuff you want to talk about? Or like any, let's talk about some other stuff. And it's like, I'm not here to talk about anything else. Yeah. Like this That's the shit I'm doing for the next few months, right? It's so yeah, that. that's a big focus. I was on a call with a really big entrepreneur organization called YPO that you're on your well on your way to joining. And they were talking about when people are getting interviewed, 
all these CEOs are so bad to interview because exactly that problem. They all want to talk about the 30 other things. Like, no, focus on this. Like, yes, this. yes. it's awesome that you figure that out. It's so important. It's That's literally what they teach you in media training. And I, I don't know if you've had media training, but that's important. It's like, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I've had, I've had a little media training, not a lot, but a little bit. Nice, man. And so last question, and you've alluded to some of this, but let's say someone else wants to just pursue their dreams, whatever that is, whether it is becoming a content creator or whatever, like what would be your one piece of advice? What do you think it takes to really get there that most people don't think about? Yeah, I think the thing that's missing is the true, like I use this word a lot, but the authentic passion behind it, right? Like there's so many people that are passionate for something in the wrong way. If it's they're passionate about the money they can make from it, if they're passionate about the fame that comes with it, if they're passionate about, but like you got to understand what you're, what you need to be craving and what you need to want is what that thing is that you want to be, what that job is, what that future is. It can't be the things surrounding it. If you want to be a pro hockey player because you want to make a lot of money, probably not going to be a great hockey player. <laughs> it's just like how it's going to be. So there's a lot of people that will come to me and say, gosh, social media looks so like you can make so much money from it. I just want like, that would be awesome. I would love to just post videos and, and become famous and make money. I was like, well, you're not going to that. Yeah. I'm sorry. Like they say it, like they'll, they'll come to me and they'll be like, what? Wait, what? Huh? I'll be like, yeah, you won't. You won't be famous. I'm sorry. You saying that right there, like you can't become big in this space if you do, don't have a kid. Cause you know how many kids are out there that do have that passion? that yep. do have that heart, that do have that care, that will literally put in 24 hours a day. They will not sleep. They will stay up all day long. They will go on social media and study. They will be watching. Like, they're not watching videos for entertainment. They're watching it to actually learn and, and study mannerisms and understand what catches people's attention. Like, those are the kids that are going to win. Yep. Every single time. Does not matter if you have one blow up video, you're not making it unless you have the passion and it, it won't it won't last unless you have the passion. So that's the biggest thing for me. 100% agree. Well, Josh, this has been awesome. Excited to see where you take this, man. Thanks for coming on. Oh, yeah. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Hawk Media is your outsourced CMO and marketing team. We'll dive into your business for free. Identify opportunities in your marketing strategy. Then get you teamed up with individual experts all month to month and a la carte. Whether you're looking for a Facebook advertiser, a web designer, or a fractional CMO, we can help you drive growth for your business. We've successfully grown over 2,500 brands, and we're here to help you too. No matter your goal, we've got you covered. To learn more, visit hawkmedia.com. That's hawk with an E, media.com. You've been listening to Hawk Talk. To ensure you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you're listening in Apple Podcasts, we'd love for you to give us a quick rating for the show. Just tap the number of stars you think this podcast deserves. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.